no, we, you know, I mean, we, we just, uh, we, the bears are what we thought they were. What, what, what we thought they were. Say that one more time, play. Oh! One more time. Oh! One more time. Welcome to the Bear Essentials. On today's show, we break down day one of the Senior Bowl practices and much, much more. A-Dub, I got to ask you, how's that day one experience for you, my guy? Man, Perez, it was an experience, bro. And I'll tell you, man, I can't lie to you, Perez. I'm still soaking it all in, man. <laughs> I bet, man. It was a lot to take in. I mean, audience, we got out here yesterday and... It, you know, there was a lot of people, there was a lot of traffic, there was a lot of, you know, people, NFL, you know, big wigs, if you would call them, that were walking through there, but it was nothing like it was here today with day one of practice. Every time I turned my head, I looked at somebody, I was like, holy shit, that's somebody I've seen on TV. Holy shit, AWC, <laughs> that person. It's just anybody and everybody NFL related, college football related, they were there. It was just insane. Anybody that loves football was soaking that environment as well, A-Dub, so you were not alone. Yeah, man, and you know what, Perez? I am looking forward to day two. Man, because, shit, if if day two surpasses day one, my goodness, man, we ain't sleeping tomorrow. <laughs> no, I'm telling you, man. And we already team no sleep. What, I get like, I got three hours of sleep last night, the night before, two hours. This thing's been nonstop. It's been so much audience, so that's the thing. People just think, oh, it's the practices. No, there's the networking that's associated with it. We got to watch film. We record. Uh, it, there's so much that goes into this. But I'm telling you, it is a, such a fun time, and I'm enjoying every second of it. Prez, you're not alone, man. I call this the good work. <laughs> no, it's good. It's all good. I love it. It doesn't even feel like work, man. This is football, baby. And, and that's the thing. I see so many people, or I've run into so many people down here so far, that do this full time. And I'm like, how do you feel about making money doing something that's not work? I mean, you're, you're being paid to watch football and to talk about football. We've been man. doing that since we were kids. <laughs> right, man. But now, A-Dub, you and I, we get to do this kind of shit. And that's the shit that's humbling. In the last six months, you know, that transition that we've made from podcasting to covering teams, covering leagues, I mean, dude, just being in a room, there were 500 plus media folks. You and I are in the pit asking questions with people that are the beat reporters, people that work for fucking ESPN, bro. Like this shit was humbling. It was awesome. And audience, I can't wait for tomorrow, like A-Dub said. Man, Prez, I suspect that tomorrow is going to probably, like you say, man, be even more insane, man. And um, like I said, it's a joy, bro. I'm just going to continue to enjoy it. I'm going to soak that in too. Yes, sir. But audience, before we get into our thoughts about day one and the practices and everything in between, we want to give our thoughts on the presser that took place yesterday. Now, you know, me and A-Dub saw that thing. He and I have a lot of thoughts for it. The one thing that I wanted to say was, Brother Ryan Poles, that man got on that microphone and he was spitting hot fire. <laughs> When he yeah. said we taking the North back, A-Dub, and not giving that shit back, I was like, talk your shit, son. 
I was like, man, GM Ryan Poles want all the smoke press. I mean, he wanted all. And, um, you know, I was here for it, man, because he brought a lot of excitement to me. I was like, man, I'm glad somebody said it. Somebody feel the same way we feel. Let's take it. Yeah, I mean, sh- Adel, we haven't talked about that on this show for two years now. It's crazy. We've been doing this show for now two seasons. But my point is, we've talked about that domination from that team at Green Bay. And I like the fact that Ryan Poles is coming in here with that energy, like you said, that the fan base has. We are sick and tired of that team. And it's time. It's our time. And I like the fact that he's coming in here with that type of chip on his shoulder. I love that. Keep that same energy. Also, one of my bigger takeaways from this thing, well, I have two audience. My first one, Justin Fields spoke during that press conference. And that is a stark contrast to what took place in 2015 when Lovey was replaced. They didn't have Jay Cutler in the presser. And in 2018, <laughs> sure in the hill didn't have Mitch Trubisky in the presser. No, not at all. And the thing is, Ryan Poles gets it. He understands what's at stake. He understands Justin Fields is the future quarterback of this team. And I mean, future now in, you know, 10, 12 years down the road. So that's the whole goal, man, to see this kid continue to grow, Press. Yeah, and I think, too, to, to add to that, A-Dub, I just think that what that shows you is the organization is showing us and anyone that was watching how important this kid is to this organization. Because the fact that he was even there, that shows you, listen, he ain't going nowhere. So for those right. fucking people that, have, that that were out there with that clickbait, talking about Justin Fields could get traded, shut that shit down. <laughs> he ain't going nowhere. Exactly, man. We talked a long term with Justin Fields. And as I'll mention, Jake Cutler, Mitch Trubisky, we ain't heard nothing from them during those press conferences when there was a GM and coach changes. Nobody cared. Justin Fields was in that building. Yes, he is. Front and center, Prez. Ted Phillips also wasn't in that building, and I was glad for that because I got so <laughs> sick and tired of seeing his fucking stupid face when we had these big conferences. So I'm glad somebody told him to stay his ass at home. Keep Ted Phillips back in the shadows, man. Even where he belongs. Listen, the guy gets things done on the business standpoint, as I keep saying, let that guy be the lead of that project in Arlington Heights. When it comes to my football team, Keep him the fuck away from the grown folks. The grown folks over here talking, Ted. Go back over there. Go to the kid table. <laughs> yeah, stay over there, bro. Let us handle this over here. Now, I do have to say this now. Now, audience, you guys know that my brother A-Dub, from the beginning of this process, he was the one that said Matt Eberflus was one of his top candidates, and he thought that he was going to get the job, and A-Dub was correct. I, on the other hand, was not so firm on why, <laughs> or I was not so firm on Eberflus being that guy. I said, A.W., you remember this. I said, if he's hired, it's not going to be a home run hire, in my opinion. However, I'm still going to give this guy the same benefit of the doubt that I gave to Matthew Nagy. Now, audience, I got to be that guy. When I see Jim Harbaugh's name fucking circulating around in rumors to Minnesota, to Miami, and I'm like, well, um, did we talk to that guy? Because you got the best coaching candidate that's still on the market. Why don't we have that? And you guys know I had two guys on my list that were my top candidates, Harbaugh, Flores, well, it was three, Harbaugh, Flores, Sean Payton. Sean Payton took himself out of the equation. Brian Flores, we're going to get to that in a second. Jim Harbaugh. Still out there in that market. 
Why didn't we fucking talk to him? Chris, I call that a missed opportunity on our part, man. We should have talked to him. A-Dub, if they didn't talk to him, that shit is asinine. <laughs> yeah, it is, man. It's bad, though, man. But he deserved to get a phone call from the Chicago front office, man. Well, to the point with Matt Eberflus, I got to give him some props because I did come away from him. I came away from that press conference, A-Dub, very impressed by him. I thought his command of the room said a lot about him. It shows you that, you know, Matt is as competitive as anyone, Perez. Coach, very competitive. And um, the thing I like about him, Perez, is his leadership, man. He's already commanding leadership. For me, I'm just proud to see the guy come in this way and bring that demeanor. And, I mean, we've already heard from many people that say, hey, the guy's a good communicator. He's got great leadership qualities. We know that that's what George was looking for. People said the guy's a good teacher. He's going to hold people accountable. She ate up when we were chopping it up with Jim Miller yesterday. What did he say? He said the guy's a great fit for Chicago. Chicago's got a great future. He said he loved them. And in fact, Jim Miller also uh, audience. He was surprised that Sean Desai is uh, no longer with the organization. He said he was surprised by that one. Yeah, man. And first of all, it was good to you know to chop it up with um, Jim Miller Press. But you got a good got some good info out of him, man. And um, if Jim Miller says it's a good hire, hey, I got to roll with that. But it's unfortunate about Coach Desai because um. It didn't appear that he did a terrible job, you know, this past season. He didn't do a terrible job, but he also didn't do a great job. And so <laughs> when we have the type of guys that we have on this defense, we were just expecting more. And you and I talked about it on the last episode. What happened to yeah. that takeaway bucket? What happened to all that? We was all getting so lathered up about that shit, and he's the disciple of Fangio, and we're going to get that defense from 2018 back. No, we didn't. No, did not get it at all, Perez. And also, that defense, when they made mistakes, they made big ones, Perez. Like, giving up big plays that lead to touchdowns, it's like, man, that's a big mistake. But in addition to when it comes to Matt Eberflus, the command of the room, I think that's going to bode well for this team. Locker room-wise, I think he's going to have these guys' attention. I think they're going to compete. They're going to fight hard for him. But the other thing, A-Dub, and I want to get your thoughts on this, he said in the presser, that when he hires his defensive coordinator, that person's going to be tasked with calling the defensive plays. See, that right there, Perez, that right there gives me a whole lot of hope because the other regime, they didn't think that way. So we got this guy thinking totally different. Well, that other regime, it was one person. His name was Matthew, and he had to be <laughs> the smartest man in the room, and he couldn't get out of the fucking way. And not that I'm going to sit here and get on this show and talk about Bill Lazor like he was fucking Bill Walsh or anything like that, but he was definitely a better play caller than Matthew Nagy. But Matthew Nagy's ego was so massive that he couldn't get out of the fucking way. He was his own worst enemy, bro. And when I see Matt Eberflus, it's not like he's not going to be involved in the, in the defensive strategies and the game plan. He's just saying, I'm going to have this let this person call the plays. And the way that I see it, A-Dub, is – if I hire someone to do a job, I'm going to let them do the fucking job. I'm not going to micromanage them doing the job. And that's what you want, Perez, out of a leader, right? Hiring the right people and then letting them do their job. Not getting in the way like you were saying, man. So for me, I'm excited for that part of the whole job. Like, man, this guy's coming with a whole different mindset, man, of saying, hey, I got to make sure that it's about the entire team. So therefore, it's for me to delegate and let these people do their jobs. Yes, sir. Now, audience... We, we definitely know that you guys want to get our thoughts here on the Senior Bowl, so we're going to get into that here in a second. We're going to have further content. We're going to just dissect Ryan Poles and Matt Eberflus on another episode. 
Um, before we get into the senior bowl talk, I would be remiss, A-Dub, if I did not bring up the Brian Flores news that the Brian Flores news is out there. Obviously, that was one of my coaching candidates. I was surprised that I saw he got bypassed by for a couple positions. Seeing the fact that he had to file a lawsuit against the NFL is just yet another black eye against the National Football League. Yeah, Fred, it's another black eye, man. We've seen this movie where, you know, they've been sued before, right? And now here we go again, right? And people feel like they're being discriminated against or treated differently, right? And um, this will be you don't want to see happen in the NFL, but it's unfortunate not the first time, man, and it sucks. No, it's not the first time. And, and I'm going to say this. I know there's people that's going to listen to this show, and they're probably going to disagree with the fact that we're bringing this up. I don't really care because when I look at this situation, a guy like Brian Flores coached his ass off in Miami. He shouldn't even have been fired in Miami. They wanted him to tank. and He was winning games with an awful roster. I wanted him here in Chicago. The fact of the matter is when I see what happened there with that Giants team, not taking anything against Brian Dobble. Brian Dobble is a great offensive mind. But the fact that the Giants brought him in there for an interview after they already knew that Brian Dobble was their guy. This shows you how this, these interview processes are just bullshit, and it's a farce. Yeah, and that just shows you, Perez, that people feel like, hey, a lot of minorities, right, feel like, hey, going through this interview process is BS because you already knew you were going to get already. I don't have a fair chance. And you already made up your mind before you interview me. That's even worse. So it's just so unfortunate, man. That was bullshit. Also, I'm going to bring up another qualified candidate, Eric B. Enemy. This guy can't get a fucking job. This guy has been the offensive coordinator on one of the highest scoring teams in the league. And I know you'll say, oh, well, the Chiefs, they blew the game against Cincinnati. The guy still deserves a shot. People will still sit up here and try to tell me, oh, well, maybe he doesn't interview well. Maybe this and maybe that. Matthew Nagy was our coach here in Chicago. I don't want to hear shit about shit. Give these guys an opportunity. Now, people will sit here and they want to talk to me about the Rooney Rule being racist. Well, you know what's racist? Is guys continuing to be passed over. This National Football League is majority African-American when you look at the product on the field. But when you look at that sideline of who's calling the shots, it don't reflect the players on that team. And you look up in that owner's box, it definitely don't reflect it up there as well. And those are all facts, Briz. And it just lets you know, you and I know that there needs to be other voices in these rooms, man, to talk about some of this stuff. We need other people, other minorities on ownership and all different places, man, to help change some mindsets. I think it needs more than that. I think what you need is you need situations like what Brian Flores is doing. Brian Flores filing that lawsuit and effectively ending his chances of being a coach in the National Football League, unfortunately, that is what had to happen to shine a light on this stuff happening. This ain't the first time this shit has happened. And I'm sure that man, when he saw with those text messages come over from Bill Belichick, he said, oh, ain't this a bitch. <laughs> right. And you had a good point, Chris. You said that the, the whole thing with even, you know, with coaches in general, man, minority coaches, this is, like you said, he's sacrificing his career to help somebody else as minorities get up an opportunity. So that part of it, Perez, I definitely, definitely get, man, I totally understand with him being a sacrifice of his own self for others. Yeah, because we already know what's getting ready to happen. We've seen it happen before. Right. This guy is getting ready to get blackballed. And it's unfortunate because we're not talking about a guy that can't coach. Anybody that want to sit here and debate me on this point, 
Talk to me about the job that Brian Flores did there in Miami. And I will show you film breakdowns of what he was able to do with the team and what that team did before he came down there to Miami. You can bring the facts right there, Perez, for sure. And the other thing with that, Perez, there were a lot of people, a lot of fans, who were rooting for Flores to get a chance to be the head coach of the Chicago Bears. I was one of them. I was over there pounding the pavement about that because I believe in what he brought to the table. Yep. And like I said, I'm going to give Eberflus a chance. But my thing is, I was surprised when I saw that Brian Flores didn't get more serious consideration here in Chicago. And I also think it was a slap in the face that he found out about that interview the way that he did. I just think that the whole situation stinks, but I'm saluting him for filing that lawsuit because enough is enough. And that's it. That's all I got to say about that. But I was going to speak about that on this show because I think that it's a fucking shame. It's a a fucking shame that a guy like that that's qualified is getting bypassed. Yeah, You got some of these coaches that get hired for these jobs. And if you think that that they're better than Brian Flores – and you don't know fucking football. And that's what it boils down to. Qualified candidates who are minorities who can't get a chance, a fair chance at that. That's all I got to say on that one, audience. I was not going to let that situation just go, and I'm going to ignore it and, and gloss over it. No, it's bullshit. And I really hope that the NFL is held accountable for this. I really do. But we're going to turn the page. We're going to get into some of the positive vibes here. A-Dub and I had a great time covering Senior Bowl today. But like I said, when I saw that lawsuit come out, that shit had left us a, a really bad taste in my mouth. But however, A-Dub, looking back at day one of the Senior Bowl, one of the common themes for me today from both practices was defense. I thought both defenses were dominant out there, A-Dub. You and I kept talking about that. We were like, man, dude, these defensive lines, they're fierce. I mean, they were aggressive. <laughs> <laughs> and those offensive lines, I'm sorry, whether it was the American or the national team, they were getting bullied out there, A-Dub. Man, they in trouble, man. <laughs> the offensive line, man. I'm like, look, you can't let the running backs and wide receivers shine because um, you keep letting these guys get in, man, putting a lot of pressure on the quarterback. So I was kind of disappointed a little bit in the offensive line, for us, no doubt. Well, I was disappointed because a lot of the film break- breakdowns that I did leading up to Senior Bowl – I was looking at a lot of these, this talent on this offensive line because that's one of the positions that I targeted as a need here for the Bears. So I did a lot of homework on this offensive line. So I was looking for a lot, A-Dub. I sat there and I told you, I said, I'm going to be paying really close attention to this offensive line. I had a number of guys that I did film breakdown on audience, so we'll get into that on tomorrow's show. But I was just not impressed. And there's some guys on that offensive line for both. There's some guys in the offensive line on both of those teams. That are solid players. But that just goes to show you how much talent is on that defensive line on both of those teams today because I'm telling you, audience, it was a thing to watch, just seeing those defenses just blow plays up (laughs) series after series. Yeah, man, that defense is playing no games, Perez. And look, (laughs) all I can say, man, they came to compete (laughs) for real. (laughs) They really did. Another takeaway that I had too, and I don't know if you picked up on this, but an audience, you guys probably know this, that the New York Jets and the Detroit Lions coaching staffs are down there working with these various teams. But they ran their practices pretty 
differently. Well, I would say the structure of the practices was, was similar as, as far as the way that they did like position groups, drills and, and so forth. However, one of the things that kind of differed was the way that the Lions, which is the American team, they practiced special teams for a very long time. I didn't see that happening with the Jets. Prince, you picked up the same observation I picked up on. I was like, look at the um, field goal kickers. They getting a chance to shine, man. So it was good to see that happen too. So it was like, they get a chance, you know, punt return with the chance, getting a shout out. So I was like, yeah, they focus in on that stuff. So special teams was a big hit, you know, for the American team. What did you think about the quarterbacks today? Quarterbacks, I wasn't impressed with the quarterbacks today, Perez. Um, and here's why, man. I, I, I looked at some of their uh, reads and some of their throws. They were a little off, man. They were a little off. Uh, some of the wide receivers getting free, and then they get overthrown, man. So I wasn't too impressed with the quarterbacks. So I look at a couple of things. The offensive line play wasn't very good. So that's a good observation because I didn't think the quarterbacks did anything to stand out. But I'm looking at a couple of external factors. The offensive line didn't do him any favors, and it was quite windy out there. There was a lot of people complaining about the winds out there. I think that also has something to do with it as well. But I would say of the quarterbacks, no one kind of stood out. Now, I know a lot of people will sit here and they'll talk to you about Pickett. Pickett's the guy, right? They're saying that right. he's going to be the first quarterback that's going to get selected. And I thought he had some pretty good throws out there. But I thought the quarterback that, to me, out of all of them, that looked the best was Willis. I think when it you was. have a guy like this, the guy's got a good arm, man. And he showcased it again in the game today. But it wasn't perfect. But if I'm looking at all of those quarterbacks, he was the one out there that I thought impressed the most. Yeah, I can see where you got the observation from, Perez, because you're right. We did make some good throws, man. Those were some hell of some throws there, man. And going that deep and hitting cats that way, I was like, oh, he do got a rifle on him. <laughs> I mean, the thing that, that kind of stood out to me when I was watching him in some of the drills was the mobility that he has. I thought that was really good. But as I mentioned, it wasn't perfect because he has accuracy issues. And so right. we saw that today on several throws that he had. They didn't even, they weren't even close to reaching their targets. So, like I said, today's day one for the quarterbacks, pedestrian. But I'm also glad that the Bears, we don't have to worry about a quarterback. Last year, that's all we was talking about. We was breaking down all kind of quarterbacks for y'all in the Senior Bowl last year. This year, we just have a conversation with y'all. But I'm glad we don't have to look for one. <laughs> and that's why, Press, I was like, you know what? I'm not worried about these quarterbacks right now, man. I'm not worried, man, because they making mistakes. It's no big deal. We straight over in Chicago. Yeah, but I still, just for the standpoint that we're covering it, you know, I, I'm going to break yeah. it all down for the audience because I know that they want to know and get our thoughts on it. But audience, yes, the, the quarterbacks, nothing special there. When I look at the running backs, and that was an area that A-Dub was focusing on today. A-Dub, what do you think about that running back group? Man, I thought the running backs, to me, Prez, were impressive, you know, because these guys were running hard. They were doing some phenomenal drills, Prez, and they really wanted to come out and showcase their talents, man. So overall, I saw some good things from the running backs. Yeah, I mean, for me, when I look at that, you're you're, you're correct. Um, a couple guys, and audience, we're not going to just throw out a bunch of names to you guys, but I just want you guys to just remember a couple of these names. Brian Robinson from Alabama. I think he's going to be one of those next backs that's going to come to the NFL and make some shit happen. The guy is going to be a solid back. Great patient runner. I was watching him in those drills. And as I mentioned to you guys, the defensive lines were neutralizing everything. But he 
will still find some creases that he will still break out. Even got a nice little pass I saw from Sam Howell in the game as well. So he's someone that stood out to me. Also, one more name, Jerome Ford. I thought he had a really nice afternoon. This is the running back from Cincinnati. Now, as a Notre Dame football fan, it pains me. It even pained me seeing him on the fucking field today because because <laughs> <laughs> they can fucking beat us. But I got to keep it 100 with the audience. He did his thing out there, man. Had a really nice, really nice afternoon. And um, one of the things that I thought about him was the cuts. That guy was making some really good cuts, and he was catching the ball really good out of the backfield. So, A-Dub, I like your observation there. And audience, A-Dub's going to have a little bit more of a detailed breakdown on the running backs for you guys tomorrow. So this is just like a, just a quick primer of just some basic things that we're seeing out there. But those were two guys that stood out to me as far as that running back room was concerned. Well, Chris, those are some good observations there too, man, who stood out to you. But I got to give you one guy that really that I just saw out there, man, that was doing some phenomenal things, Perez. And that was Devontae Price on the running back from Florida International. Perez, he was out there like he was the best running back out there, man. He was running through the holes. Making some good cuts too, good reads. And he comes so, and then also I saw him in the passing game a little bit too, getting some nice catches. So yeah, man, he was good. So yeah, so there you have it. But like I said, audience, you know there'll be a little bit more details there because that's going to be a position group that I'm going to have a dub kind of honing in on along with the wideouts. But it's here for day one. We're just going to kind of keep a like nice little overview on everything. The defensive backs. And, and this is a group that I'm going to be working on for you guys, audience. So I'll have a detailed breakdown for you guys on these on this group. But I thought they had a really excellent day. There was so much talent out there with that group. And I'm going to break those guys down to you later. But there were some standouts. Roger McCreary, dominant. Just really fucking dominant out there. Jalen Petrie, another guy that was dominant. And Tariq Woolen, who was a guy that I had the pleasure of, of chatting and chopping it up with after the game. And audience, if you guys follow us on Instagram, you'll see that we uh, put him up on our, our Instagram live feed. This kid right here is the goods. And the reason why I'm focusing on the cornerback position is because that's yet another position that I think that the Bears need to be attacking here in this draft. And I was really impressed, A-Dub, with that defensive back talent that I saw today, especially day one. They look really good out there. They did, Press. They look really good, man. And and speaking of uh, Woolen, Woolen. Now, one of the things about this kid, speaking about Woolen, A-Dub, one of the things about him that I really appreciated from the conversation that I had with him was just he was polished. A very nice kid. Gave really articulate, well-thought-out answers. And one of the things that he said to me when I asked him about, hey, <laughs> what do you want to show people this week? My man looked me in the eye and he said, I just want to prove that I can play with the best of the best. I want to prove that I can play with the best of the best. He said, I don't want people looking down at my school. And he said, and even if you don't know where my school was, he went to UTSA. So basically what he's saying is he wants you to put some respect on the fuck where he went to school. And I respect that answer. Hell yeah. That's a very good, authentic, truthful answer, man. I like what he tells you, Perez. I, I'm really enjoying that uh, moment, man. That's what's up. Now, A-Dub, now I know you had a chance to chop it up with one of the wide receivers because, audience, in addition to running back, we're going to have A-Dub digging into the wide receiver room because, as you guys recall, on the last episode, I said wide receiver is another position group that I'm concerned about with the, poten with the potential loss of Allen Robinson. 
it's going to be very imperative to see what Ryan Poles is going to do with that offense, uh, with that receiver room. So, A-Dub, you got a chance to chop it up with Jalen Tolbert. Talk to the audience about that experience. Man, that was a great experience, Perez, talking with him, man, because um, he kind of reminded me of Io. You know, he's a hometown kid. Um, he went to South Alabama, of course. He decided to stay home, could have went elsewhere, Perez. And I asked him about it. I wanted to get an understanding from him. And he said, you know, I got people looking up to me, man. I want them to realize that, hey, you know what? They can make it to the Senior Bowl as well. And the fact that I stayed here to play in South Alabama, I want them to show the people that, hey, they can do it too. They can do it too. And I'm here to, to pretty much be an example for them. And I like that too because the guy realizes that he's a role model. There's a lot of players that don't take that on. Well, the fact that he grows up in Alabama, he realizes that there's people in those communities and in those inner cities that sees him playing in the senior bowl. That's something that, to your point, that's something that they're going to aspire to one day do. And I like the fact that he's taking that on his shoulders. I thought that was really cool. Now, one of the things that I liked about him is the fact that, yes, he comes from a smaller school. And a lot of times you're going to get that from these guys at the senior bowl. A lot of these guys are really talented ball players, but they may not have had a lot of attention paid to them because they're not in one of the power five schools. But when right. you look at those guys on that field, they got the speed, they can make plays out there. And Jalen dominated at the Sun Belt level where he played. He put up numbers. And you know what, Perez? It did surprise me based upon how he played in the first practice. So it's like it kind of carrying over, right? And he feel like he got a chip on his shoulder, Perez, something to prove to the world. Yeah, and so I, I like that. And, I, and I, when I saw you over there chatting it up with him, I said, man, I can't wait till we get that. Because audience, all these um, interviews and, and press conferences that we're having with these players, we are going to get that content put on to um, the feed so that way you guys can hear that. But when I saw A-Dub over there asking questions, I said, that is a great person to talk to because he was a standout. I thought that Jalen was somebody that did really well. Another guy that I got a chance, A-Dub, to chop it up with was Jesse Lakuda. He's the linebacker from Penn State. Now, linebacker okay. is another position, audience, that I think that we could benefit from having some upgrades. And when I look at this kid, Jesse Lacuda from Penn State, I loved everything about having that conversation with him today, man. He was another guy. I don't know who's working with this kid. He must have a great family structure, a great agent. But when you asked him a question, it was, yes, sir. He looked you in the eye, never looked away. And I said, man, I like this kid. He's polished. He, he comes from Canada. He talked about the fact that he's the youngest of eight kids. He comes from like this, that background of just hard work and not ducking hard work. And when I hear a story like that, I say, well, damn, not only do I think that you're a hell of a ball player, I think you're a great kid. And I love the fact that you're hungry like you are. I mean, the kid changed positions this season. Did so, didn't complain about it, and still went out there and balled out was the captain of the Penn State football team, A-Dub. If we are fortunate enough to draft a kid like this on this team, I'm all for it. Yeah, Perez, I see why, man. All those intangibles right there, leadership qualities, a young man, want to get better, working hard. I love all what you just shared, bro. I mean, this is the thing. This is what it's all about, audience. We know that a lot of times with these players, they're probably so sick and tired of dealing with the media, so sick and tired of people asking them questions. But this kid right here seemed like he was just basking in the moment, man. He, The first thing he said to us, he said it's an extreme honor just to be here and to show my ability amongst so many other people. That's humble. That's humbleness. I love yes. that. 
Like, sign me up for that type of attitude. And I looked at him and I was like, this kid, he seems legitimate. Like, it just seems, it is, because you know, you could tell with somebody just saying all the right things because they think, oh, people are going to like me because I gave this perfect answer. No, you could just tell, look at him. He was having fun out there. He was enjoying that shit. And he also has a why. And I always talk about that with young kids. When they have a why, you better watch out. And this kid, <laughs> Jessica Lacoute, and this kid, Jesse Lacoute, he's got a big ass why. That is scary in a good way, man. <laughs> For real, man. I got to support people like that, Frizz. I get behind things like that. You know what I'm saying, Frizz? Because, man, that, that's bigger than just, you know, just playing football. That kind of carry over to life, man. You know what I'm saying? So I, I really respect where that kid came from. And I respect the interview you had with him, too. Yeah. And now, he's a somebody audience, and I want you guys to just remember that name. Jesse. Jesse. Um, I want you guys to remember that name. Jesse Lacuca. Um, that guy right there, he is going to be somebody, whether it's here in Chicago, I mean, Jesse Lacuda, whether it's here in Chicago or whether that's another team, hopefully not the fucking Packers, but <laughs> <laughs> don't go there. Don't go there. Listen, I'm just telling you, A-Dub shit. I can't sit here and be on this thing acting like the other teams ain't seeing what that guy did today. My right. point is. I hope that the Bears scouts that was out there today, I hope they saw that and saw like, hey, that could be somebody that we can add to the mix here on this team. Because I just like what I like the intangibles. Now he yeah. has some talent out there on the field, some versatility. I like that. High motor, high energy type of guy, but it's the attitude. Yeah, this is like one of those locker room type of situations. I I see him being a fit with the type of guys that we have here in Chicago, and that's just what I love about. Him. He'll fit the culture, man, and he bring that kind of DNA here, man. That will be dope, Perez, if we can get him, man. If we can get him. So, yeah, audience, but just keep that name in mind. You heard him here first. Now, Ada, before we get out of here, now I talked about how that defensive line was dominating out there in the game today. There's a couple guys on that, D, on that D line that I thought really, really fucking made names for themselves out there today. Travis Jones, the defensive tackle from UConn. Dude is huge. I, every time when I looked out there, I was like, okay, I, no, there's no uh, surprise why that running back couldn't find nowhere to go. I saw <laughs> Travis Jones in the backfield before the play even fucking started. <laughs> right. And then also, too, and, and A-Dub, you know, you were sitting over there watching me. I love those one-on-one -on -one drills. Well, as soon as they lined up the one-on-one -on -one drills, I was sitting over there. I it had my whole body language audience. I turned and I zoned in on it. And in the one-on-one -on -one drills, they couldn't do shit with Travis Jones. He was dominating those things all afternoon. Man, that strength right there, Perez. <laughs> I mean, hey, look, it's a game changer. <laughs> now, you got all this. You're going to think about this. Now, this kid's 6'4", probably 6'5", about 330-some-odd pounds. So when you think about that size, you're thinking, run stuffer, because that's kind of how I described him. Right. But the other thing that he showed in the practice today is he got some pass rushing moves and skill set too. He had a swim move to beat somebody off the line of scrimmage. He also won with a bull rush. So this is somebody audience. I want you guys to remember that name. Travis Jones had quite a day, day one, A-Dub. Hey, man, that can carry over to day two too, Perez. So, hey, we're going to be looking out for him. And this is another thing too. Now think about it. Even though he played at UConn, D1 school, imagine what he'll be able to do at the next level with NFL coaching. 
they'll be able to maybe get them to slim down a little bit. They may even be able to help them with the swim moves. So, goodness gracious, can you imagine this type of talent on your team, on the Chicago Bears audience? Just think about it. Ooh, ooh, ooh. And we can use some more talent, Perez, as you already know. Yeah, we sure could. We sure could. <laughs> Now, A-Dub, there was another defensive tackle that I thought did his thing. There, there was a kid from LSU that was out there, Farrell Jr. Now, heading into this thing, a lot of people weren't really talking about this kid. I happened to come across him just because when Brian Kelly, the Notre Dame coach, left to go to LSU, I started kind of looking at some of the players because I was trying to say, like, oh, why do you want to go to LSU? So, anyway, I came across this kid. Now, Going into today's practice, I kind of looked at him and said, eh, he'll probably be like a third-day guy or maybe undrafted free agent. But I ain't going to lie to you. After seeing what he did on that fucking field today, I said, shit, I'm going to have to look into this kid some more. I'm going <laughs> to dig into him a little bit because he was impressive out there today. Really, really good. The way that he was getting off the ball was something like that. When I saw that, I said, ooh. That's like some Aaron Donald shit. Not, now, I'm not comparing him to Aaron Donald. I'm talking about the way that he gets off that ball. And not just as a pass rusher. A run defender, too. Mm-hmm. In his one-on-one battles, A-Dub, I talk, and listen, audience, you guys going to learn something about me. I love those battles in the trenches. He was winning the one-on-ones. See, that's the key right there, Perez, winning the one-on-one battles, man. And, and you, you, said it, you said it best. You were locked in, man, when those one-on-one battles. I definitely couldn't get your attention for anything when you, when you were one-on-one. I, I just say a word. Let that dude just go. Go. You win. You locked in, man. Do your thing. Yeah, but you know what? It, it's just because I'm seeing things that I'm like, this is stuff that we need on this team. Because the reason why I was watching those battles in the trenches, A-Dub, is because not only could we use some of that on the defensive line, but what else can we use? We need help on that offensive line. And I keep talking about that. I've talked about that so much in this offseason so far. And that's why I was disappointed Well, what I saw from some of these offensive linemen because I'm like, fuck, man. There was some high-profile guys out there, and they got outplayed today. But there's only one day. Yep. So we'll see what happens tomorrow. We'll see, A-Dub. We'll see, man. And I'm hoping it's a better showing, Chris. A better showing. Yeah, because that shit that we saw today, yeah. <laughs> it was one-sided man i was like dang okay for his eye man <laughs> but one of my guys that like now going into this matchup now going into the senior bowl darian Kennard, office attacker from kentucky now he's someone when i was doing some film review on was someone that i was pretty impressed with i thought okay this guy could be okay i think he'll be solid but today he was so so but aw you remember at the end of practice when Campbell had those guys, he had Canard uh, going one-on-one against Jermaine Johnson. You probably are not familiar with Jermaine Johnson. Jermaine Johnson, audience, is probably one of the best. Uh, he's probably the best player at the Senior Bowl. Uh, former last chance U player, went to Georgia, finished up at Florida State. Kid is a fucking stud. Probably not going to be someone the Bears would be able to get unless we trade up into the first round. However, Canard and Johnson towards at the end of practice, A-Dub, they were doing speed rush battles against each other. And I'm not going to lie to you, that was another thing that got me a little fired up over there. I got me, I was standing up with my little notepad. I was like, ooh, dude, I like this. That's why I, I can see why Detroit Lions fans like Campbell so much. I was like, shit, I love this, Drew. <laughs> <laughs> right, right, right. And that's when the fans get the fans and the players getting all excited for us. That's right. That's right. Yeah, because what's dope there? 
Because what it was, they did three one-on-one pass rush reps, and what they said was they claimed, <laughs> I don't know. So I thought that it was 1-1, one, one, fair, fair and square. But then on the third one, they gave it to the offense. They gave it to Kennard, but Deuce Staley was the one to make that decision, so I think he just went with the offensive guy. So I would love <laughs> to see them uh, – Finish that tomorrow at practice. So to oh, be yeah. determined. To be to be continued. There you go. There you go, friends. Unfinished business right there. Yes, sir. Yes, sir. Um, so yeah, I thought that was really good. I thought that was really good. Um, but Jermaine Johnson, hell of a ball player. The fact that, like I said, Campbell just knows how to elevate the energy. Like this is towards the end of practice. And most of the time you feel like, because I'm not I'm not gonna take shots at the Jets. Their practice was a lot different than that Lions practice that I watched out there. I will say this, towards the end of that practice on the Jets side, you know, the energy was kind of like starting to fade. It was kind of starting to kind of dissipate a little bit. Not on Campbell's side. Them guys was juiced. You saw them made up. You kept hearing pads going. You kept hearing the coach over there on the side. He was swearing at them guys. He was jumping in the drills. I said, the energy over here is a lot more intense. Man. Man, Prez, <laughs> those coaches was into the game, man. That that passion that those coaches brought, Prez, I was like, whoa, this is different. You're right, Prez. It definitely was different from watching the Jets coaching staff, man. They were, they were involved, man, heavily involved, and they were actually coaching and teaching at the same time. Yes, sir. Any other feedback you got for the audience, man, before we get out of here after day one? And the only feedback I can say is tune in for us to discuss day two. It's going to be a hell of a, um, a hell of a show. Yeah, well, we, we got a lot. The only other thing that I got for the audience, and I was talking about this defensive line. One of the things about this defensive line, now, they need to calm the fuck down because the red <laughs> means to stop. And there were too many times the quarterbacks were getting hit and knocked on the ground. That defensive line, yeah. I'm telling you, they were ferocious. And I saw both coaching staffs have to say something like, hey, y'all need to knock this shit off because <laughs> you can't be doing that. <laughs> it, was, it, it, was mostly, it was mostly happening on the Jets staff where the coaches had to keep reminding that defensive front, stop hitting the quarterback. Yeah, those guys out there getting for real, man. Like, act like it's live game time, man. So, yeah, they got to be careful there. They want to answer nobody before the game. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, stop doing that. Also... <laughs> A-Dub was talking about the receiver that, that he had a chance to chop it up with, who I think is going to be a really, really good get. Somebody possibly that the Bears can look at. Audience, I'll let you guys, you know, kind of do your homework on that. But one other guy, I want to give one more name before we get out of here on the wide receiver side. And this was someone that really impressed me. And I'm not going to lie to you, A-Dub. It was a couple times where I saw him open, and it reminded me of your boy Money Moon when Mitch and Foles and whoever else <sighs> underthrew him, overthrew him. And it was this guy, Calvin Austin. Yes. Little short guy. Only 5'7, five, 5'6. Five, I don't know what he is. However, boy, that boy can run. And he reminded <laughs> me of, he reminded me of Mooney. I'm like, speed kills. So he had he done does. I'm talking about in those one-on-one drills. I was like, who the fuck is this kid? I mean, he was moving, boom, done, open. Game over. All it took was one move, right, Press? One move, he gone. <laughs> mm-hmm. So I would just say this. That's somebody audience to kind of keep an eye on because that is a person right there that, especially with the way that the NFL offenses run now, he mm-hmm. don't even have to be a quote-unquote wide receiver. You can put him anywhere. Look at how the San Francisco 49ers uses Debo Samuel. You got yes. a guy like this with this type of speed, 
you can you can uh, utilize him that way as well. So Calvin Austin the third, remember that name because he was somebody else that stood out to me here from day one audience. Yeah, that's a good person there, man. I'm looking forward to seeing him on game on day two, Prez. He's a, he's another target. Yes, sir. Now, audience, as we're wrapping up, brother A Dub's going to do a thorough breakdown on the wide receiver and the, and the um, the wide receiver and the running back rooms. I'm going to give you guys a breakdown on the offensive line, the defensive line, secondary, and we may split up the linebackers. But those are the position groups that we really see the Bears needed to upgrade, and those are the positions that we're really going to be honing in on for day two. So stay tuned to that content. A-Dub, I can't wait for it, brother, and I will see your ass tomorrow, son. Yes, sir. We are out. <laughs>